0: Uh, We're going to go into our uh, scripture reading today, which comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7. We're going to read verses 1 through 5 in the ESV. We encourage you uh, to look up the scripture uh, if you have a Bible handy or if you want to look that up on your phone. We will uh, project the scripture that you can follow along if you're not able to uh, find it, if you don't have a Bible handy. Uh, but again, it's Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. We're going to be reading in the ESV this morning. So may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, we are continuing in the sermon series, Thriving in the Pandemic. Um, We've been talking about different ways that we don't just survive or scrape by uh, in this pandemic, but that we can truly thrive. And uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was talking about the way of blessing. And we used this image and just wanted to remind you because th- this has kind of been uh, the ongoing motif of this series is the idea of green growing things, you know, that are thriving. You know, it, it, I think we all know that there can be plants that are just barely, barely getting by. You know, sometimes you see this in the grass or you see this in places that are really dry. They're not getting a- enough water or... You know, uh, maybe just, you know, the soil isn't good. And they're like kind of alive, but barely there. And what we truly want is things that are thriving, right? And so looking at this nice tree that's planted by the streams of water that, that is, is, is in full bloom and is nice and green and healthy. You know, it could be going on for, it could continue to live for years. We know some trees can live for centuries even, you know, if they're healthy enough. And, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, what about human beings? Because, you know, using uh, plants as a metaphor is good and all, but why don't we just use the metaphor of humans? You know, what does it take for us to thrive? And so I want to ask you, when you think about, you know, a baby, what, what does it look like for that baby to thrive? What kind of environment does it need? And so, you know, obviously I'm kind of tipping my hand here, but you can see in this picture, uh, like a loving family, loving parents, You know, Uh, in this kind of environment, we know that children can grow and thrive. Um, They've done studies, and maybe this is like the most obvious thing in the world. Maybe you don't need a study to tell you that we all need love to grow, right? We need that kind of environment. If we don't have uh, loving people around us who are embracing us, who are uh, uh, treating us with love and kindness, right? That there's something within us that withers, You know, they say that there are babies that aren't picked up enough, um, that that really suffer, that that don't thrive. And, um, you know, so thinking about in this uh, current climate and what we're going through, what do we need? What kind of environment do we need to thrive? And maybe when you think about it, think about what is the opposite of thriving? What is the kind of environment that would cause your soul to wither? So let's just, you know, as we look at our loving family here, let's think about that for a second. Can you think about a family where people aren't really thriving? Think about this. What if uh, the parents or, you know, people in the family are really harsh with each other? You know, that they're not speaking with kindness, but... With coldness, their words are cutting. What, what, what if they're they're very judgmental? You know, they're looking at each other and they're like, "Hey, man, you know, what's wrong with you? Man, you you stink. <laughs> You're pathetic. You're worthless." Do you think a child could grow in that environment? Like, really, really thrive in their spirit? and in their minds? Or do you think that something within them would start to wither, especially if they believe that, right? Those, believe those words, you're worthless. What's wrong with you? Something flawed within you, right? And brothers and sisters, thinking about that kind of environment, you know, um, there is a word here in Scripture about judgment, Right? And, and I think you'll understand why Jesus tells us not to judge. But I want to take a look at the scripture, which I think we know well uh, when we talk about judging other people. But I want you to see that judgment, it, it's talking about all kinds of judgment. Um, it, it has to be. Well, let's just take a look at the scripture. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So I think sometimes we look at this passage and we look at it as, you know, almost like saying, like, if you judge other people, right? I mean, it literally says you will be judged, but it kind of sounds like sort of a punishment, like, oh, you're going to go judge other people? Well, I'm going to judge you. The more that I meditate and read the scripture, I, I actually look at it a little bit of a different way. I look at it more as creating an environment. Remember, we t- we're talking about what is the environment in which you can thrive. That's what we're interested in this morning. And the case I'm trying to make is that in an atmosphere of judgment, right, just like the parent, uh, the harsh parent that is judging their kids, right, there's not going to be a lot of growth there. You're, you're not going to really be able to thrive in that environment. And in the same way, right, that if you are putting judgment out there in the world, what, what Scripture is telling us, what Jesus is telling us, is you will get judgment back. Because what you put out there in the world is going to come back to you, right? That, you know, it, it's kind of like saying, well, if you judge others, you will be a judgmental person. And there will be judgment in your life. Right. I mean, it just kind of makes sense. If you put hate out there in the world, you will become a hateful person and you're gonna see hate, right? Uh, I think we've talked about this before, that loving people see love. They feel loved, you know? Because what you put out there in the world will come back to you, right? I mean, it just kind of makes sense. If there's a bunch of people going around judging, what do you think's gonna come back? What do you think's gonna be in the atmosphere, in the environment? It's gonna be a judgmental atmosphere. Right. Remember, we talk so much uh, about, and Jesus talks so much about kingdom. And what kingdom is, is not just you as an individual. It is many people. It's an ecosystem. It's an environment, right? And that's why Jesus talks so much about the kingdom of God is here, right? That's what Jesus talks about more. We like to talk about individual things like, oh, Jesus loves me. God saves me. But Jesus says, God saves everyone, right? He he says, the kingdom of God is here. Y'all can step into it, right? It is here and it is available. So a kingdom can't just be one localized place. It's gotta be everywhere, right? If the kingdom is a place where God is reigning and the way that God wants this world to be is what is, right? I mean, isn't that what we mean when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in the heavens? And what Dallas Willard teaches about that is that when he talks about the heavens, he, he means everywhere, right? That the biblical view of heaven, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, it says heavens, it's plural. It, it starts with the atmosphere around you, right? Everything is supposed to change. So you can't just say, I want God's forgiveness for me, but not for you. It doesn't work that way, right? Because if there is forgiveness for you, then it must be for everyone. And if there is forgiveness for everyone, then it must be for you. Does that make sense? So in that sense, brothers and sisters, you can't just think of your actions as, well, I'm the exception, right? A lot of times, we, you know, we're very judgy, I think, in this world. (laughs) It's hard, you know. Uh, We live in a time where, you know, we're kind of isolated from each other. And, you know, sometimes we just see each other through screens. We see people from afar because we're literally distanced from each other, right? And the more distance is between you and another person. I do think it is easier to judge. You know, when you're isolated, when you're in a uh, a vacuum, so to speak, you know, um, you can just kind of be like, yeah, you know, it's not good. I don't like that. I don't like your clothes. (laughs) I don't like your face. I don't like your actions. You know, but what what scripture is saying that, you know, even though you may think that that is just a one-sided thing, right? Because, I mean, let's be honest if you are saying those things about other people, I don't like your face, I don't like your clothes, I don't like your actions, you don't want that coming back on you, right? You don't want people coming to you and being like, Steve, I don't like your face, I don't like your clothes, <laughs> I don't like your actions. Nobody wants that, right? And, and of course, like, we may judge other people, but if other people judge us, we're like, how dare you, how dare you, right? But when God looks at the whole world, he says, hey, I don't want any judgment here. I don't want anyone going around and condemning and putting down my people, my children. And I don't think you want that on yourself. So if you don't want that on yourself, then don't put that out there in the world. And by the way, if if it means judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, right? It goes both ways. So it's not just about the judgment you're putting out there in the world. It's the judgment you're also putting on yourself. I think that there are many of us who are out here in this world, in this crazy, crazy world, and we don't really know what we're doing. There, I remember when the pandemic started and, uh, you know, I, I think I may have talked about this, but uh, uh, I remember seeing my pastor friends, some of my pastor friends who were really creative and they were on top of it. And, you know, they were showing like the stuff their church was doing. Like every day they had a different stream, a different prayer service, different Bible study. And I remember thinking like, did, did, was there like a memo that went around about how you do church in the pandemic? And for me, I kind of felt like I was failing. You know, I, I was kind of like, dude, like, like they're killing it and we're not. You know, there's this judgment on myself that I was putting on myself where I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not a good pastor in a global pandemic. You know, and, and this is one of the things like, like maybe you feel that way. You're like, oh, man, there's other people who are crushing a pandemic. You know, they're crushing it in the pandemic, but I'm not. I'm stumbling. I'm I'm just struggling here, right? What's wrong with me? Why can't I get it together? Well, you know what? I mean, this is one of the realizations that I had to have. We have never been in a pandemic before. No one has, right? And by the way, you know, maybe those churches that did something every day, I mean, you know, they may not still be doing that. They might be like, okay, that was too much. (laughs) You know, we're tiring people out. You know, but just on the outside, we judge people, right? I mean, judge for good or bad. Sometimes you judge things as really good. But Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't just say, don't negatively judge. He says, just don't judge, period. So sometimes we look at other people, we judge them, and we're like, they're better than me. They're doing better. Judge not that you be not judged. I mean, you don't know that they're doing better than you. They might tell you they're crushing it. Now, at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're crying their eyes out. They can't go to bed because they're anxious, but they're not putting that out there in the world, right? I mean, sometimes we talk about how toxic social media can be, and it's not just that people can be toxic, like negative to people, but it's also that I think one of the sort of like insidious things is that oftentimes people put forth their best self, they, they show you the best pictures. They show you their best angle. They talk about their successes. They're not talking about the things that are keeping them up at night. Not usually. They're not usually sharing with you all their warts, all their fears. But you know that about yourself. And you look at other people and you're like, man, why do their kids look so happy and well-adjusted? <laughs> and my kids are going crazy. What did they look like? They, they know how to homeschool and do remote learning. They don't know. Nobody knows. We're making this up, right? It's one of the things that that I I tell our leaders sometimes when we have meetings and and we're we're trying to figure out what to do as a church and how to lead this church. And, you know, maybe we start getting frustrated or people, you know, have different opinions and they're kind of going at it and they're like, we should do it this way or we should do it that way. And we're like, ah, we don't know. And it's something that I like to remind us. I think it's important to say, nobody knows. We've never been here before, right? We're trying. You're trying. And even when you think you're not trying, (laughs) when you think like, well, but Pastor Steve, you know, you're saying this, but there's some people who are working really hard in the pandemic, and there's some people who are just kind of vegging out and being lazy. Stop judging. Judge not that you be not judged. You don't know what people are going through. And even for yourself, when you're like, oh man, I'm being so lazy, I'm not doing anything. Brothers and sisters, we don't always choose those responses. You know, I mean, we've talked a lot about this idea of, you know, well, yeah, let me just take it aside for a second. This idea of of being lazy, you know, it's such a big moral judgment, but for a lot of people, it's just a stress response. You know, we we talked a few weeks ago. If you want to look back at the message, where we were talking about um, that, uh, you know, some people are overperformers when they're stressed, and some people are underperformers. The underperformers are no less human beings, or you're no less worthy. But some people we we cope by uh, uh, avoiding, by procrastinating, by escaping, by diverting, right? By trying to take a nap, by you know, try to forget that that thing is there. It's a coping mechanism, and some of it is just learned behavior, right? It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a lazy person. By the way, that's my stress response, right? But for a lot of folks, there's a lot of judgment there. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame. We feel like, man, what is wrong with me? Judge not that you be not judged, right? It is so important. You know, I mean, we know this about what we are putting out there in the world. Of course, you should be kind to one another, right? A couple weeks ago, we talked about blessing. We talked about how you can bless or curse people. Yeah, please put blessing out there, right? Please be kind to one another. But what this message is really about is saying, be kind to yourself. Because the measure you're putting out there is a measure that's coming back. The measure that is already going in is what's going to be that comes out. Otherwise, you are, as it says in scripture, a hypocrite, right? And, and we talk about this, again, mostly from the perspective of what you are doing to other people. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus was one of the people who used hypocrite in this way. Now it's just become common parlance, right? We, we use it all the time in this way. But hypocrite in Greek, it just means actor, right? It means someone who's wearing a mask, someone who's one way on the inside and one way on the outside. So Yes, it's very clear that if you are judging other people, right, but you're not judging yourself in the same way, you're looking at other people's faults, but you're overlooking your own, you are a hypocrite. You are inconsistent. What you're putting out there in the world is not the same as what's going in. But what Jesus is saying is that it's going to be the same one way or another, or there is damage to your soul. That's why he's so hard on the Pharisees who look so outwardly religious, but there's a lot of stuff on the inside they're ignoring. Right? It does damage to your soul to be a disintegrated person. You're not integrated. You're not whole. What you're putting out there is not what's going within. And it goes the other way. What if, brothers and sisters, you are so obsessed with the speck in your own eye, but you're really gracious to other people? by the definition of what a hypocrite is, isn't that a hypocrite? I know sometimes we're like, yeah, but that just seems like a better kind of hypocrite. But is it really? Is it really? If you are being so hard on yourself, but to other people, you're really kind. And by the way, I think it is hard to keep up. I think that in some ways, we may become very subtly, but very, in a very real way, be secretly judgy of people, to start to resent people. I'm, I'm this kind of person. I'm the kind of person who's really hard on myself, but tries to be really loving and kind to other people. And I got to tell you, sometimes there is a resentment that builds that you aren't even aware of. It cannot stand. If you're one way out there, one way to other people, but another way to yourself, it cannot stand right? You are a disintegrated person. There's something inconsistent in that, right? And for many people, brothers and sisters, again, we've never done this before. Why are we being so hard on ourselves? I know so many people. I I get phone calls. I get messages from people who are really struggling during this time. And a lot of people struggle. Yes, you know, it's an uncertain future, right? I know that's causing part of the struggles, but I know for a lot of people because they tell me that some of their struggles are, they feel like you know they're not doing enough. They feel like they're not good moms or dads or they're not you know, being diligent enough. They're not using this time well enough. And brothers and sisters, I gotta tell you, take it easy on yourself. We've never been here before. You know, if, if there's a time where you've just been kind of vegging out and, and you've been distracting yourself, you were doing that to cope. I don't think that's the best coping mechanism, right? I think there are better ways to cope. But you are doing it to stay afloat. You are doing it to survive. It's not because you're a lazy person. It's not because there's anything more flawed with you than there is with all of us, right? Absolutely, I think we should learn how to use our time better. You know, I'm not saying don't. This message isn't to say, hey, just anything goes, right? That's not, Jesus never says that, by the way right? Sometimes we can hear messages like, yeah, don't judge, don't judge, so anything goes. There are better ways of living than others, right? But the shame, the guilt, the, the, this condemnation that we feel, where we feel like we're, we're just like sucking at something, or or we're, we're just less than, that is not helpful. That is not getting us to a flourishing life. This is why I started with the example of what is the kind of environment that would cause a child to grow? Or Shrivel, right? Because this is the thing. What is your judgment doing? Some people might say, well, Pastor Steve, I mean, you know, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, it's not good for me to be lazy, so maybe I should judge myself. But my question is, where is that getting you? Is that making you less lazy? When you go to a child and they're not doing enough and you're like, dude, what's wrong with you? You suck. Does that help them? Does that make them grow? Right? Do you ever see someone, you know, like, uh, like trying to make a free throw? Like, like in a pressure situation and everyone's like, dude, you better make the free throw. If you don't make the free throw, then, like, we're gonna lose. And everyone's gonna hate you. You think they're gonna be able to make that free throw? <laughs> With that kind of environment around them? You know what the teammates do for the baseball player who, like, keeps striking out? They're not like, dude, you suck. Man, What's wrong with you? You're failing this team. You know what they do? They go up to them and they're like, hey, man, it's all right. We'll get the next one. No judgment. Right? You miss a free throw. You see the good teammates. They go up to them and they're like, hey, man. Give them a pat on the butt. And they're like, dude, it's okay. You'll get the next one. Right? Because they know that the condemnation will not help them. Secretly, they might be like, dude, you got to make your free throws, man. You know? But they know that putting that out there on them, that judgment is just going to crush them. It's just going to make them continue to underperform. That's what happens in life. You yell at a child and you're like, you suck. What's wrong with you? you? You feel like doing that. I don't know why, but we just, you know, judgment, it's a part of being human, right? You may feel like doing it. You may even think you're helping. But when you take a step back and you look at what's happening, you know it's not going to. If you have kids, you know it's not going to work, right? You yell at those kids because you're frustrated. But yelling at them is not going to make them better. By the way, no judgment there either. We're not perfect. You yell at your kids, <laughs> you know, it's just about learning how not to yell. But the fact that you yelled means you're human. You got to take it easy on yourself too, right? Okay, so being hard on your kids, that's not good. Don't yell at them. But at the same time, man, there's so many times like where I would yell at my kids and I would yell at myself for yelling at my kids. Do you see what's happening? Do you think that me yelling at myself is going to make me stop yelling at my kids? Oh, you better believe it will not. Because what is happening is I'm reinforcing a system the atmosphere, an environment of judgment. More judgment is coming. The measure you use will be measured to you. The measure you use will be measured to you. You want to stop yelling at your kids? Stop yelling at yourself. I'm being serious. Stop being so hard on yourself. And maybe if you stop being so hard on yourself, you won't get so frustrated. These things, they come naturally, right? I mean, we can't help it, but there may be moments, and this is where spiritual discipline comes in. I think one of your main jobs during this pandemic is, seriously, I know this may sound kind of foo-foo, and we're like, okay, like really? This is what you're saying, Pastor Steve? I'm being serious. I think one of your main jobs during this time is to be kind to yourself. I know it sounds very Mr. Rogers. It sounds very Barney, but it's true. We think we're too good for it. Oh, you know, I, I got to be kind to other people, but not to me. Hey, the measure you use will be used back to you. The measure you use will be used on other people. So if you're not being kind to yourself, you're not going to be able to be kind to other people, at least not in the long run. Or there's going to be severe soul damage when you're that actor is one way out there, but not the same way in here, right? We got to take time. I mean, seriously, that's one of the things that I think you should do when you go to pray, is forgive yourself. God has forgiven you. The measure God is using, why don't you use that on yourself? Uh, You know, I, I saw an example, because, you know, we're talking about being kind, Right? I saw an example of kindness this week that that w- was very. It, it, it I, I thought it was very cool. Um, does anyone know what Room Raider is? Not Room Raider. But my wife told me about this a uh, Twitter account, um, and at first I thought she was saying Room Raider like like a pirate, you know, like someone going into your room and stealing things, you know. Uh, but uh, it's rater, like R-A-T-E-R, someone who rates rooms. And so what it is is that during this time uh, where there's so many, you know, like like there's not live interviews, right, but everyone's doing things remote by Zoom and whatever, even like news programs and things like that, that there's somebody who... <laughs> just thought it would be fun to rate people's rooms because, like, most people are in their houses, right? And so they're doing, like, an interview for a news program, and you get to see their junk, right? You get to see their shelves. And so, you know, they'd be like, your room is a 7 out of 10. You know, it's, like, kind of an inconsistent theme. And, of course, like, you know, people want to get to the 10 out of 10. And, you know, I think that since Room came out, it's become kind of popular that... Yeah, I think that there are people who go on news programs w- knowing that their room is gonna be rated and they try really hard to make it look nice. And one of the things I've learned uh, from looking at Room Raider, because it's kind of funny, <laughs> is that what makes like, like with the ones that get 10 out of 10 is they have to have like a common theme. You know, maybe like all the colors match. You know, it's gotta look nice, but the theme, you know, and, and just like everything's clean, it's in its place, there are things that are meaningful in the back, it all kind of comes together. Those rooms get a 10 out of 10. Well, I want to show you, uh, this is from uh, the Rachel Maddow show. Uh, they had the uh, the president of the Iowa Postal Workers Union. And so the the post office has kind of been a mess. There's been a lot of issues. And so this person is trying to, you know, is working really hard to try to, uh, you know, help out the, the postal service and to keep it afloat and all these things and is doing important work. And they were on the Rachel Maddow show, and this is what their room looked like. Um, so Rachel Maddow, has, she knows that a lot of the people she has on her show get their rooms rated. And so she said that when she was signing off, uh, she, she talked to one of uh, the, the people on her show and was like, man, oh man, I hope Room Raider like, like is kind to her. <laughs> she, room Raider better love her. Because um, her room would not be a 10 out of 10, not aesthetically. But uh, I don't know if you can see, the, the print is kind of small, so I'll read it for you. But this is what Room Raider said. The perfect room for a hero, president of the Iowa, Iowa Postal Workers Union, Kimberly Carroll, and, um, and, and the, this room, oh, sorry, when she was signing off with, uh, yeah, the person is Kimberly Carroll, sorry, but she was talking to someone, uh, that the, 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 this person, Kimberly Carroll, and the room are 10 out of 10. So room raider just gave her a 10 out of 10. You know? And it's almost to say, like, you know what, it doesn't matter what your room is, looks like. You're doing your best. This is a stressful time. And so this person who's normally very judgy, right? I mean, that's what Room Raider is. They're judging people's rooms. They say, you know what? You get a 10 10 out of 10. You're doing your best. We're in a pandemic. Things are a mess. It doesn't really matter what your room looks like. You know? And I was thinking about this. What if we were that kind to ourselves? What if we were that kind to ourselves? That maybe, you know, we look at our own lives and we're like, man, this is a pandemic. This is crazy. You know, we're doing the best we can. Maybe some days it doesn't feel like we're doing our best, but we've never been here before. It's a crazy time. You get a 10 out of 10 today. You know, because you're still here. You're trying. You know? Do you think God looks at you and and he really thinks, man, what's wrong with you? Man, you're pathetic. Do you really think that is what God thinks about you? Because when I look at scripture, it talks about how Christ has come to give us life and life to the full. But the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And when we are being really mean to ourselves, when we're beating ourselves up, when we're judging ourselves, we're like, man, I suck. You know, I wonder, is that the voice of God? Is that the voice of the enemy? I want to close by looking at a couple of scriptures. So this is Romans 8.1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation, right? What, what is there therefore? What is the therefore therefore? <laughs> why is there now no condemnation? You know why? Because Jesus does not condemn us. Because of the cross, right? Because we have been bought with the blood of Christ. There is no condemnation for us, right? So if God is not condemning us, why are we so often condemning ourselves, right? There is no condemnation. And that is meant to be also in the way that you think and speak and judge yourself. The greatest commandment, right? Uh, This comes from Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it, right? So the first commandment is love God. Second commandment, which is like it, very similar. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? So it talks about loving God, loving your neighbor, but also yourself. You were included in this equation. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. You can say you love God. You can say you love other people. But if you aren't showing that same kind of love for yourself, then we are a hypocrite. Something gets broken in that chain, right? And this is what God desires for us, to be that consistent where we can also experience that love and grace for ourselves. I want to show you uh, again uh, just a picture of that tree next to the streams of water. And, um, you know, I just want to share with you that, you know, it's one of the things for me that um, I've had to learn. Um, I'm somebody who naturally is... Very hard on myself, Um, and and you know I I don't want you to think, you know for us it's just as easy as a choice in the moment to not be hard on yourself because, I mean brothers and sisters it's just turtles all the way down because you can be hard on yourself for being hard on yourself, right? You can be hard on yourself for being hard on yourself for being hard on yourself. You can be hard on yourself for being hard on yourself being right. It's just turtles all the way down. It's condemnation all the way down. That's why you got to break it, right? That's that's why you have to forgive. God has forgiven you, but you also have to forgive. You got to forgive yourself. You know, if we really want to thrive, and you know, again, I just kind of comes naturally. I'm really hard on myself. There's reasons why, but there it is. It it just that's just the way it is, and you know. My wife has pointed out to me many times when I'm being really hard on myself, like, Steve, you are so gracious to to people in LGM. When someone comes to you with a problem, you know, you're nothing but grace to them. And one of the things that she has encouraged me to do is, you know, can you speak to yourself the way you would speak to someone in LGM, someone who has a problem, someone who's struggling? Can you be that kind to yourself? I'm going to ask uh, Jason to come up, and in a moment, um, you know, we're going to go into our closing praise. But friends, I, I just, I just want you for a moment just to to just think through, you know, would God ever say the things that you say to yourself at times? Man, I suck. Man, I'm worthless. What was wrong with me? And for some of us, I mean, you know, maybe we're on the other side where we're saying those other, those things to other people. Would you want someone to say that to you? Would you want God to say that to you? We want to live in the kind of environment where we can thrive. Christ has come, and He's died for you. He's already paid the price. He's already deemed that your life is worthy of the greatest sacrifice. Can you imagine what Christ wants to say to you right now, even in a pandemic? I mean, yeah, I know we're all going through it, but that's why we all, I think we all need kindness right now. We all need grace. I mean, We all know it on some level, but when we're out there and just, you know, we talked about this, we we forget. We we, we just slip in the patterns of just doing life as it is. And, you know, you may be really feeling sorry for yourself or really beating yourself up for not crushing the pandemic. But brothers and sisters, can you imagine right now, Maybe, maybe you can close your eyes for a moment. You as a parent, you as somebody who maybe you're looking for work, maybe you're a student and, you know, you're wondering how you can do your best in a remote learning environment, just wondering what the future may hold. Can you just hear again the words of Christ? There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None, zero. He doesn't judge you. The cycle of judgment has been broken on the cross. Now he looks at you and he says, my child, I am pleased with you. I am proud of you. Before you do anything, before you perform, before you get the A, before you get the job, before you're the perfect parent, That'll never happen. (laughs) But before you got your act cleaned up, I already love you. I've already forgiven you. I've already poured out grace to you. It's already there. Can you accept it? Can you let it seep into every part of your life? And maybe you've done that before, but maybe you need to do that again. And maybe you need to apply that same measure in the way you think about yourself. You say, God, forgive me. Do you forgive yourself? Because he surely has. Can we just take a moment to soak in this grace? To just be kind to yourself. To feel the kindness of Christ. To just let this be a moment where the kingdom of God comes and rests in our midst. The rightness of God. The grace of God. You are forgiven, brothers and sisters. You are loved. God already knows you're not going to be perfect. God already knows you're going to have bad days. Can we just soak in that grace again? In all of our imperfection, can we come exactly as we are and just soak in this grace? God, we thank you because your grace exposes us. It's not a bad thing for us to be laid bare before you. God, there's none of us that are perfect. There are none of us that are crushing it in the pandemic 100% of the time. We stumble. We fall. We run away. We distract. We act with unkindness towards one another and to ourselves. But here we are, God, in your grace, being reminded of the fact that your grace covers us still. You'll forgive us again and again and again and again. Your kindness is still available to us. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. We thank you, God, with the measure that you are measuring us with. May we measure to ourselves may we extend that same kind of grace every day we need it every day we need it to be we need to be reminded of these mercies May they be new to us every morning and every evening. Whenever we are in a rut, whenever we think that we have failed, whenever we start to believe those lies that we are a failure, that we know that we are your children, that we can be reminded of that, that we can wake up to the truth of the grace of Jesus Christ. For anyone who needs to hear this, for anyone who is just stewing in condemnation, may your grace cover us again. May your grace pierce through all of the darkness may we hear this truth again, that you love us. You love us. You have loved us. You love us now. You will never stop loving us. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.